The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, results continue to come in thick and fast in the midterm elections in the US. A stronger than expected performance from the Democrats. Uh, Matt Mayer, president of Opportunity Ohio, is with me. Uh, Matt, what happened to the red wave? Uh, well, the red wave didn't quite uh, crash yet. Um, there's some results still coming that we're not sure what it looks like. But, you know, it, it, it could be a little bit of a wave. Um, but we'll find out here in the next couple of days when the rest of the House and Senate results uh, come, out, come out. But it wasn't what everybody expected, that's for sure. So what are the scores on the doors now and what is expected, I mean, to come in in terms of ultimate control of the House and the Senate? Yeah, I mean, I think what most people still think are, is that the the Republicans will take control of the U.S. House uh, with a gain of about 20 seats. So giving them just about, uh, you know, a 15 seat margin in the House. And, you know, it looks like we're going to go to the state of Georgia in four weeks that to decide control of the Senate, assuming that Nevada uh, stays Republican as it currently is in terms of the lead. Uh, Arizona goes to the Democrats as the current lead. Uh, that would make it a currently 49 Democrat, 50 Republican uh, Senate uh, with just the state of Georgia runoff in four weeks uh, to determine if the Republicans get 51 and take control or it goes back to 50-50, in which case Kamala Harris would be the tiebreaker to give the Democrats control uh, for another two years. OK, well, stay with us, Matt, because I want to introduce Kermit Roosevelt as well as Professor of Law at the University of Pennsylvania. And yes, he is one of those Roosevelts. Uh, Kermit, um, are you relieved uh, as a Democratic supporter? Yeah, I am. I think people were very worried or Democrats were very worried because usually the president's party loses seats in the midterm elections and Biden isn't that popular and the economy isn't that good. So there were a lot of reasons to think the Democrats would do badly. And I think they definitely outperformed expectations. Why do you suspect they outperformed expectations? Well, I the way that I would characterize it is one, young voters broke Democratic and young voters turned up. And two, I think there is a sense that something's wrong and things aren't going well in the country. And usually people blame the party in power for that. But I think there was also some blaming of Republican extremism at this in this election, too. I mean, there, there has been a suggestion, uh, Matt, if I can go back to you, that this is something of an indictment of, of Donald Trump, that his particular candidates didn't do as well as expected. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's definitely fair to you know, lodge some of the blame uh, on those those Trump backed candidates uh, that that others didn't necessarily support, but but he busted through. Uh, in Pennsylvania, that's the case. It appears to be the case in Arizona. It was the case in New Hampshire. Uh, but I think there's actually more going on here than just blame Trump for the candidates. Mm. Um, I think part of it is, you know, we have the, the both parties have gotten so good at gerrymandering their districts, meaning drawing their districts to their advantage, that I think when that you come to the House, there just really are very few House seats that are truly in play every two years. So I think what we're looking at is, you know, more of the one party's in control by a kind of a little bit of a margin in, in the era of big, massive, you know, 40, 50 seat gains are, are is probably over in the U.S. for the foreseeable future. I mean, what do you then make of some suggestions that uh, kind of Donald Trump's time has come and gone? Is that premature? It's not premature. I mean, I wrote a piece uh, on Substack back in June saying, you know, it, you know, the not this timer movement, which was, hey, look, you know, great that he came in there, did some good things for those four years. 
showed Republicans how to fight back and win. Uh, that's all great, but uh, we're all kind of tired uh, on the right. And it, boy, it'd be nice if we have the next generation come up. And, and you know, look, you have Ron DeSantis had a massive victory in, in, in Florida. He is he is kind of the new look of the of the party going forward. And, and I think, you know, one of those silver linings of this election just might be that that because Biden wasn't kind of so soundly defeated in a midterm, uh, what I'm hearing out of the White House is, you know, he's actually really now pumped up to run again in 2024. So if you put up an 82 year old Joe Biden against a for, you know, late 40s Ron DeSantis, that's a great contrast election for the country to say, do we really want uh, you know, that kind of senior person sitting in the office, given some of the things that people are concerned with versus this guy that's incredibly successful down in Florida. So it could make for an interesting dynamic in 2024. But in, in yesterday's results, I think, give Ron DeSantis and others a window mm. that they didn't have against Trump because Trump performed so poorly. His candidates did yesterday. So he's weakened today that where he wasn't yesterday. Right. Uh, Kermit, is it better the devil, you know? Would it be better for Joe Biden to be running against Trump? Do you worry about Ron DeSantis being on the Republican ticket? Well, I think DeSantis would be a strong candidate. Um, and, you know, I, I do worry a bit about Biden. Um, Biden's pretty old. And, I, you know, I think there is a desire to pass the mantle of leadership to the next generation. Um, it's not entirely clear who else the Democrats have. Um, you know, maybe Josh Shapiro from Pennsylvania will be coming along. I mean, that's kind of an indictment, isn't it, of the party at large that it's hard to look beyond the guy in his mid to late 80s? Well, yeah, you know, every every once in a while you have difficulty restocking the bench and it's sort of a question where the party is going to go from here. And I think this is also a moment where both parties and the nation more generally are sort of asking deep questions about what our identity is and, and who we stand for. And we may still end up seeing some sort of big realignment. I think. So we might see a big shift in the, in the character of the parties. And, and how might that manifest itself? What do you mean by a realignment? Well, so the Democrats, you know, have to decide whether they're going to go with centrist neoliberalism or whether they're going to give more power to the progressive wing. Um, and the Republicans sort of have to decide whether they're going to keep going down the road that Trump laid out um, or whether they're going to try to really broaden their coalition. Uh, Matt, would you accept that consensus? Uh, yeah, no, I think that that's probably right. Um, but but this gets back to what I had made the uh, point I made earlier about the gerrymandering of districts uh, that are now like really safe, safe Democrat or safe Republican. Those districts have then essentially created more of the progressive folks and more of the kind of let's call MAGA folks uh, on each side. And I think it makes it harder for the centrist to actually get any oxygen in the room. Um and, you know, I think what Republicans are going to probably do is say, look, Trump's policies were really popular with a good segment of the population. And we're bringing in Hispanics uh, very strongly. Even some of uh, you know, the, the African-American vote is is trending in the right direction. And it doesn't have to be huge numbers for it to, to be good for Republicans. And so I think it's going to be unlikely that Republicans will move away from the Trump policies. Mm. But I think there's a definite, definite desire to say time for Trump to become an elder statesman. Not that he's necessarily a statesman kind of guy, but you know what I'm saying. But to push him into the kind of, hey, come help us win some elections in key places, but we, yeah. we need the next generation. And I think the Democrats are really going to have to search for who is that? Is it Gavin Newsom, California? Is it Jared Polis out in Colorado? Where do they find that that next generation of leadership in the party? And Matt, you might just explain uh, to us who, who are watching this from so far away. I mean, what, what's the political consequence of 
the Republicans taking control of the House and say possibly not the Senate. Let's for a moment argue that the Senate remains in Democratic hands. What does that mean for Joe Biden and his policy agenda? I think that means two years of a heavy emphasis on foreign policy where he has lots of power, constitutionally speaking, to kind of do what he wants. Um, But I also think if Republicans take back the House, you know, you will see a onslaught of investigations by uh, Republicans against Joe Biden, his son, Hunter, uh, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas in Homeland Security, uh, Merrick Garland in DOJ. They're going to really say, we want the pound of flesh because we feel like you've been unnecessarily going after kind of our side for the last few years. And, and now we're coming after you guys to do what you did to us. That really, there's an insatiable thirst for for the payback, so to speak. And 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 I think, you know, Biden's, I think, signaled this morning that he's actually very worried about that. So so if the House goes, that's that's what you're going to see in gridlock in legislatively, which might not be bad for the taxpayer, mm. frankly, gridlock tends to be a, a works out for for average Americans much better than one party control. Kermit, would you be worried about the Republicans coming for their pound of flesh? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that would happen. I think you're going to see lots of investigations and sort of indulgence of conspiracy theories. So, you know, in my view, most of these investigations would be baseless theatrics. Um, and I think you might see impeachments. So, you know, I wouldn't be at all surprised if a Republican House impeached Biden. Kermit Roosevelt, Professor of Law at the University of Pennsylvania, and Matt Mayer, President of Opportunity Ohio. Folks, thanks a million, both of you, for joining me here on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.